Oh boy, here I go killing again. Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I am Ross Bacon, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And tonight we are joined by other returning guest, Taylor. What's going on? Hello, hello. Yeah, Taylor, last on Harry Potter, right? The last Harry Potter episode? Yeah, that was me last time. All right, and we, we enjoyed yeah, her so yeah. much, and she loves horror movies, so we figured we'd have her back tonight to finish out our uh, classic slasher horror-tober. So we're going to talk about the, uh, the, the holiday itself, the man himself, Halloween with, uh, I believe it's Sir Michael Myers, I think. I think he was officially made a knight at one point. Yeah, uh, Sir Michael Myers Esquire. He that's right, that's right. He did well. get his law degree as well, I forgot. That's in one of the sequels. But uh, I think that's in one of the Rob Zombie ones, where he the goes to law school day. for like six years. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But uh, before he we get He tried to get into, his PhD, but he never finished, so he's not... Sir, he's not Dr. Sir Michael Myers Esquire. Right. Well, he keeps getting distracted by trying to kill Laurie. So it's <laughs> it's no it's no uh, shock that he doesn't get his PhD. But, and, you um, know, we can only blame Jamie Lee Curtis for this man not getting a proper education. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a damn shame. It really is. Full indictment of the American uh, educational system. But anyway, before we get more into that, we got to talk. Well, first, we're going to talk about uh, Halloween, the original, and then Halloween from 2018. Those are the specifics we're going to get into. We'll bring up the rest after that. And also Michael Myers' stunted educational career will come up as well. But in the meantime, uh, we, we've talked we'll also bring up Love Guru because that's a horror movie starring Mike Myers. <laughs> no, no, Mike, we don't want to get that scary. All right. <laughs> Bad enough as it is that we're talking about a man who cannot be killed. Then where's a William Shatner mask? That's that tough enough. But, I know, um, that's still one of my all-time favorite movie facts that it's just a captain kirk mask <laughs> so good so good but uh all right so before we get too much farther uh derailed why don't we uh why don't we find out what taylor's drinking first how about that so what do you have so i'm back again with another cider uh-oh away from hard ciders this one rather than from ship bottom is from warwick new york Ooh, and it's called original sin and it is six percent per can nice all right is it is it apple or is it pumpkin or it's apple when i was there they also have black cherry interesting interesting cider flavor it's definitely more i say ipa-esque than cidery okay like of angry orchards and more ipa okay nice yeah, there was for some reason the other day I was thinking about woodchuck cider. I haven't had that in forever. I don't know why I was thinking about it either. <laughs> That's I, I reviewed a cider. I reviewed one from uh, Sir Charles Hard Ciders in Philly. This nice. one. All right. So Taylor's got her cider. Mike, what you got? So I got Great Barn Brewery in PA. We're doing uh, Crop Circle Pumpkin Ale. So I didn't really go super on theme. I just went with pumpkin beer, but uh, it, it's a the jack. It's like a jack o' lantern carved into a cornfield to be like a crop circle. But I'm pretty sure it has the bat symbol as its face. Across. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it looks like a bat to me. And you know, because the only way Michael Myers could survive all this shit is if he was an alien. Yeah, that's. Um, I'm really surprised that hasn't become one of the sequels. You know. They try to introduce some sort of alien DNA into that guy. It's only 2021. 
there's Can definitely you... time with everything oh, yeah. now. But I mean, Absolutely. like with with all the stuff he survives, he's supposed to be a normal human. You think so? Yeah. You would think so. But um, all right. So Mike's got his, and I am drinking Pumpkin Smasher by um. Uh, it looks like Big Muddy Brewing, I think is what it's called. And it's in uh, Murfreesboro, Illinois, not to be confirmed, uh, confused with Murfreesboro, Tennessee. But um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a pumpkin beer. It is 6.0. And of course, it's a pumpkin smasher. Uh, there is a lot of pumpkin trauma in this series, I guess I'll say. We, uh, specifically does, uh, in the 2018 one, there's a lot of uh, blowing up of pumpkins at one point. Does this mark the first episode where no one has a New Jersey beer? Uh, probably. <laughs> Probably, and which is weird. Taylor's got New York, and then I'm Illinois. I mean, Haddonfield is literally one town over from me. (laughs) Right, that's what I was thinking. Like neither of us got uh, Kings Road, which is literally in Haddonfield. uh, I I would have, but I already reviewed Kings Road once, and there's a good chance that we're doing another episode with the owner of Kings Road coming up. Yes, so that would be fun. But before we get to him, we have to get into. Michael Myers, the epitome of evil, just pure evil, the devil's eyes, Michael Myers. And um, well, we'll, we'll start with the, uh, the basic groundwork of 1978's masterpiece by John Carpenter, uh, Halloween. And I don't know, there's just something about this movie. Just it's so absolutely perfect that it's really hard to argue why it ever needed sequels. <laughs> you know, there is. There is one change I would make to the cast just so I could hear a specific speech. I want Robert Shaw to play Loomis so he can do like a doll's eyes from Jaws to describe a six-year-old child. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, now, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mike, that Michael Myers in the beginning of this movie is six years old when he hacks his sister Judith to death. Michael Which Myers is also... He's also six foot five in this <laughs> in that murder scene <laughs> because he is towering over his sister when he is murdering her. <laughs> but also that makes him 21 for the rest of the first movie. He's 21 when he goes on this murder. You are I am three years older than Michael Myers was in this movie. And it's a miracle you haven't gone down his path, Mike. It really is. Uh, yeah, Ginger <laughs> say I'm soulless, so <laughs> <laughs> And they wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> but all right, Taylor. So while, since Mike and I have been rambling for a while, why don't we let you go for a little bit? Uh, you're a big horror, uh, horror hound. Uh, where's Mike Myers rank on your uh, on your list? Um, I would say I definitely appreciate the original Halloween. I think kind of like the way that Psycho introduced plot twists to the horror genre I think Halloween was like the introduction of slashers to the horror genre so I think anyone who appreciates horror films to the basis of more than just like oh I enjoy being scared can easily say whether you're a huge fan of this movie or not you can respect the influence that it's had on future horror movies um but I do I wouldn't say Michael Myers is my number one, but it's just something about the Scream franchise has its way in my heart. But I do respect just the plot line of it. And obviously the music is iconic anywhere you go, whether people like horror movies or not, you can instantly recognize that Michael Myers tune 
and just the way it's John Carpenter. Even well, yeah, the iconic like intro scene when you have like the yeah. pumpkin burning and which is it weirdly mirrors the opening of Home Alone. If you ever watch that, like where it zooms in on the house. <laughs> it's very, very similar if you watch them together. <laughs> I noticed that I think last time, like last year around Christmas, I was watching Home Alone. And I was thinking, I was like, this reminds me of something. Then I just happened to catch like Halloween somewhere and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> These are the same thing. Well, did you notice the uh, so the carved pumpkin? You know, it's supposed to be Michael holding a knife. That's what that's carved into the jack the jack-o'-lantern at the start. Like with the uh like, is that why there's the line coming down yeah. from the nose? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's supposed sweet. to be Michael holding a knife. And they they kind of make it clear in the 2018 one because they do the same thing. Well, I'm trying to think. In 2018, one is all right because all three of us have all three of us seen Halloween Kills. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I'm trying to remember because I was like I told Mike before Taylor jumped on. Um, I watched that movie like half drunk, so I'm trying to read like parse together like the title sequences. Is it 18 or Kills that has multiple uh, jack o' lanterns? I think it's 18. I think it's 18, right? Yeah. Because then they start to like. It starts to like burn and rot, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, they, yeah. They, oh, no, they, is it 18 that has the, uh, it's like they show the decayed pumpkin and show it like reverse time back to a normal pumpkin? Yeah. That might be it. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Then kills. That, might be that was a cool, movie. that was actually a really cool down. look. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, it's so like it's just something simple like that in these in well the original absolutely it just shows like the dedication of like carver uh carver carpenter had to um to making something like very distinct and you don't get anything different like taylor said with that opening theme and the image of the pumpkin and then you kind of splat you smash cut to the house and all that and it's it's just so great and taylor have you seen the fishbowl that mike drinks out of uh I saw Hello. it first as you. That's what I was chuckling about yeah. <laughs> as you were reviewing your <laughs> the left of my screen with a giant fishbowl to the face. I right. Was like, what is happening? Yeah, it's 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 kind of a shock the first time you see it. I just wanted to make sure you were going to be okay with seeing it because Mike oh, will be he will very <laughs> he will very in, he'll try to be intimidating with it, and it just comes across as very creepy. <laughs> Ray didn't notice last week. <laughs> I mean, I think there might have been a certain amount of denial with Ray. Like, I, no, these guys made me watch Monkey Shines. I don't know what kind of power movie's pulling this time. So I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> but, and again, like I said, it's with that opening scene where you get, you know, where you get all the breathing as he's going around the house. And then you get a suddenly six foot, five foot, my uh, six-year-old Michael Myers stabbing his sister to death. Maybe and, he, was on, he was dressed up as a clown. Maybe he was on stilts. Right. He's Pennywise at one point. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then of course we just get him coming outside and he's just standing there with the knife and you get that shocked reaction from the two adults. They're just kind of staring for a while. And it's just this really long shot. And you're like, wow, this is, Typical John Carpenter. He's just going to take his time, kind of like David Lynch does. He's going to take his time with this shot until you think he's going to cut away, but he's not. He's just going to keep it there. It's like, all right, look, you're under my control now, so you're going to go at my pace. And for this movie, it's absolutely perfect because it's really kind of a slow burn the whole time. That's, yeah. um, 
So when the kid comes out, he's supposed to have a totally blank expression about what he just did. But I always think that kid's face said he just let out a fart that he thought was going to be silent. But not only was it not silent, but a little turd rolled out too. And that's what his face says. <laughs> it always looks like to me, it's, it's the kind of face that like a little brother would have after he saw his sister naked. Which is exactly <laughs> what he does. <laughs> so he sees his sister full on naked. And then, of course, add the trauma of completely stabbing that naked body to death. I mean, that's the kind of the that's the face that you would have, I'm assuming, in that situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, I guess he was supposed to have like a totally blank face as if he right. didn't feel anything about what he just did. Mm-hmm. Right. And- but it looks more like a little bit disturbed, a little bit disgusted, a little bit, oops, I did something. <laughs> yeah, and it's, that's, of course, you know, that's the limitations, obviously, of children, like, yeah. child actors. Like, you're, they're not all going to be, like, the Haley Joel Osmonds or, you know, the, uh, like, the haunted kid from the ring kind of thing, you know, like, uh, yeah. like the little boy in the ring, you know. Like, just, or, like, Miko Hughes, like we talked about yeah. in uh, New Nightmare. Like, they're not all going to be Yo, great. Miko like, Hughes is so fucking freaky as a child. Right. Exactly. Like, they're not going to be like that. Like, occasionally you're going to get this kid who the best he could do was, all right, I just saw my sister naked. This is the face I would make. Go with it. You know? I just saw my sister, I just saw my sister naked. I just hit a sudden growth spurt that suddenly disappeared. Right. right. I've, been, I've been through a lot in these last 10 minutes. You should see the stretch marks on my back from that growth spurt. Right. And all in all, my parents dressed me as a clown. You know? <laughs> So after all that, but so then it's weird because I mean, I have, I'm just looking at my notes here, just the way we stacked our lineup here with uh, doing Freddie last week. And then Michael Myers this week, we go from a child murderer to a child comma murderer, you know? (laughs) So I was like, Oh, that's like, did we do that on purpose? And then of course there's Jason who was a murdered child. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's Leatherface who, uh, I, I guess you could make the argument he has the mind of a child right. and murders. <laughs> yeah, there, there's something to be said here that I, I don't I don't think any of us are really quite hitting on. Maybe Taylor. Maybe Taylor's got it and she just doesn't want to doesn't want to make us look dumb. <laughs> now, Taylor, have you seen so obviously you watched the first Halloween. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the first Nightmare on Elm Street? I have. What about the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I actually watched that for the first time literally a few days ago. And what about the first Friday the 13th? Of course. All right. Let's hear your ranking of the first movies of the four franchises we talked about. Okay. I'll I'll let you know if they're correct. So I'll go number (laughs) four. I'll have to say it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That. I would have agreed at the start of the month. (laughs) I just felt I needed to go into therapy after watching that movie. I didn't know what I was expecting going into it. I kind of, obviously I knew Leatherface and the basis of the movie. I didn't get its extent and I'm sitting there on a Wednesday afternoon watching this and I feel like I should be like closing my windows so my neighbors don't see this. Right. Um, Was not my cup of tea. Three, I'll have to go with Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm just, I'm not crazy about Freddy Krueger. I can't, I've watched multiple Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It's just like, I can't get into them. It kind of gives me off Pennywise vibes and 
Not a fan. I've also been on TikTok a lot where, and somehow on this TikTok page that basically 20 something year olds are arguing if you're given five of these prominent serial killers, like who would your best bet be? And so many of them basically shit on Pennywise and Freddy Krueger. So I also feel like that just diminishes my thought well, of either. That's also the, the whole editing of the first Friday the 13th where she's just like, I don't believe in you anymore. Bull fucking shit. Right. <laughs> you believe in him. He just killed everyone. <laughs> right. But, and this is where I'm a tie because I think as I was saying before with the number one spot, I respect Halloween in the sense of it being an all-time classic of the genre. But that initial twist in the original Friday the 13th, because especially someone, obviously, I didn't grow up in the 80s when this all started. So I'm here years later, everyone knows like, oh, Jason is the head of the franchise. And then you see the original and it's not technically Jason. And I think that was just something different. So I don't know. I think those two are tied. Okay, yeah. Because this movie, like these, this franchise, obviously, and especially with uh, Kill, well, the, the eighteen, the two thousand eighteen uh, Halloween, and then of course Kills, mm-hmm. it really kind of you know puts up the debate of who is the more efficient killer, Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees, you know? And Jason's definitely more creative. That well, that's the thing. I would have thought so too, but then I remembered how theatrical Michael likes to get with the bodies afterwards. Uh, He likes to stage these things. He likes to put them in closets. He likes to have them pin the walls, you know? (laughs) You know, if he focused... If he had his, (laughs) his, like, killer instincts focused at animals as, like, a hunter, he might have been a very successful taxidermist. Well, we do find out (laughs) in this one that he may or may not have eaten a dog at one point. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, he definitely killed it, but we may, he may or may not have eaten it. But he also, like, like in uh, 18, where he uh, kills the one cop and cuts his head off, hollows his skull out, puts uh, the fl- the maglite flashlight into it, makes a jack-o'-lantern out of the guy's head. It's like, come on, Jason's not doing that, you know? Yeah, it's, no. he's, not, he's not thinking that far ahead. That's a Leatherface <laughs> move right there. <laughs> that goes into even with, like, the whole thing with Michael Myers, which I think is my issue, at least with all these other killers, like, Freddy comes in your dreams. He's not technically human. Jason's basically a zombie, not human. Leatherface is a cannibal, presumably incestuous child. I assume, I would say that Leatherface is probably the most human. I would think Michael Myers is the most human. You know, I might agree with that, but Leatherface can actually get injured, and apparently Michael Myers can't. (laughs) That's like my issue is just the theatrics to how far they go to like put harm on him and he walks away like without even a limp so that's why i think this franchise works so much better as what john carpenter initially envisioned making it an anthology where michael myers is just in the first one have him die when he falls out the window or have, like, a blood trail leading away to indicate that, yeah, he might survive, but he's also injured. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the th- one of the famous things about this movie. The blood, the amount of blood in it is very, very minimal. Mm-hmm. And because you see it on, like, a little bit smeared on Judith in the beginning. And then um, Jamie Lee gets cut a little bit on her arm. But other than that, you're not getting a lot of blood. And... 
it's kind of crazy because you know like taylor said you know this thing basically spawned this the idea of the slasher and everything that everyone knows about the slasher movies now is blood just blood everywhere and that's yeah and crazy deaths but so in this, thing, there's not much so, that to go around for uh, like really texas chainsaw massacre is probably the first slasher and that's equally as bloodless as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, the most bloody movie we talked about is the franchise that's probably least known for blood, which is Friday the 13th. And that, well, that's that's the one beat in the uh, the irony of that is, is the makeup on, the makeup and special effects on that first one were Tom Savini, you know, one of the most realistic effects guys in yeah. Hollywood, you know? So he's known for his gore and his craziness and realistic uh, effects and all that. Yet we we're looking at it and going, oh, yeah, we got some slash throws. Jason gets real bloody and all that. But the others don't have. I'm that. sorry. Do I keep saying Friday? I was. I, I meant Nightmare on Elm Street's the most bloody of Night. the first movies. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there's because of the one death. Right. <laughs> jo- yeah. Johnny Depp's death is about enough blood to fill the entire Friday Thirteenth franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just yeah, and it's so crazy that like Tom Savini is involved with the first Friday Thirteenth because that's the one that gets ultimately the goriest until you get to the newest Halloweens until Halloween kills, especially, but it's really good. Like Michael Myers, like I said, he's just very efficient. He's a head smasher. Like he'll smash the shit out of your head on the, uh, on the walls and everything. And he's just got that. Like like, give you a swift hit against the wall to break your neck or something. Is that, if anything, he's like, you know, he's very merciful, you know, he's going to make your shit uh, quick, you know, (laughs) unless he's stabbing you a lot. (laughs) Even that, I feel like none of that, like, even as you were saying, started till even, I'll give it Halloween too, where you'd see more of like the, I guess, more gruesome deaths. Like in the first movie, primarily what he would do is like break a neck or strangle. Like there was never yeah. really a scene in that first movie that compared to say any like real stabbing or head squishing or you name it. Yeah, he gets. I'm just um, picturing Michael Myers using like a scooper to get the brains out, like someone who's actually carving a pumpkin. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, again, it's like, think of some of the logistics of like, there's like, and it's, it's in this movie. It's when he kills um, Bob, when he stabs Bob against the wall and he just, he does that. It's a great little touch when he, he's looking at him a little bit, like almost as if he's trying to figure out how that knife is holding that man up. You know, it's (laughs) like, well, that's impressive. How did I do that? You know, but after that, the same what he does is a lot of like even before that he's waiting downstairs for someone to find him in that closet and then he goes upstairs and he stands in front of pj souls in the doorway in the sheet with bob's glasses on he's cut the eye holes out and everything so that means he went around he found a sheet he went into the into the into the uh, linen closet he found some scissors somewhere from a junk drawer he was like, you know what? I'm going to take Bob's glasses. I got something to do with these. And then he just stands there. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make this real creepy. I'm going to just stand and be weird. But once she gets on the phone, that's when she dies. You know? <laughs> and of course, after that, he takes PJ Souls. He crams her into a closet. He puts Bob up in the up in the top of a, uh, it's, I think he's in the attic. I think is where he puts Bob. And then he puts the, the headstone above Annie on the bed. <laughs> and he is just waiting for Lori to like run in and like walk in on this shit. It's like, well, what if Lori didn't come over to the house? How long was he going to wait? <laughs> <laughs> you would have been so disappointed. <laughs> 
like we know he's patient we know the man is like performance of his time right we know he's voluntarily not said a word in 15 years so we know he's a very patient and measured guy so how exactly long would he have waited until everyone stumbled across this little little arts project that he put together that you that also brings up with like the uh he has the serial killer walk that uh super intimidating not like we talk about how efficient of the killer he is he's not an efficient chaser <laughs> no he's 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 all legs too like he yeah. doesn't move his arms when he walks that if anything is the creepiest goddamn thing i've ever seen like have you ever seen somebody run who doesn't move their arms <laughs> you ever seen that I used to play soccer with a couple guys that did that. And it's the weirdest goddamn thing you've ever seen in your life. Because just naturally speaking, your arms are supposed to move your legs faster, you know? So when people run with their arms at their sides, it's kind of like, oh my God, what is happening? It's kind of like, well, uh, just Google Steven Seagal running. It's kind of like that. <laughs> this, this movie would be so much funnier if it was just Michael running around with his like arms clipped to his side. Like he's not doing the serial killer walk. He's just running with his... Like, right. His top half doesn't move at all. Right, and yet somehow still playing like Carpenter's theme, like underneath it, to make it even better. <laughs> and it's, and it's, then there's, um, uh, oh, then there's just the general production of this movie and how low budget it was because it's supposed to be Haddonfield, Illinois. Now, everyone knows that it was filmed in California in like May. So obviously, we're going to have warm California weather, but this is supposed to be October in Illinois, you know, where there'd be leaves on the ground and everything. Now the leaves that they had, they had like X amount of leaves, like couple hundred, maybe. So when you, if you'll notice in some scenes where Lori's walking down the street, she's stepping on leaves and they're kind of blowing a little bit, but then she'll get to the street corner and you look up the street and it is leaf free. (laughs) There are no leaves anywhere because that's what they were doing they were throwing leaves on the ground filming the scene and then collecting all of the leaves to take them elsewhere for another shot and then throwing them on the ground too that's why acquiring leaves would not be that expensive right well that's the thing you're in california you don't have any maple leaves you don't have oak trees and shit out there you know and they're definitely not going to be dying at the in may you know so you're not going to have your brown leaves but It just cracks me up because I'm picturing John Carpenter and somebody else like running around picking up leaves and I'd be like, all right, guys, we got to put it in the front of her now. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, God, like, I imagine like a breeze rolled through and one of the leaves getting carried away and they're like chasing it down the street. Yeah, assistance <laughs> to go get the leaf. <laughs> right. That's the one we needed. God damn it. Run, run. <laughs> <laughs> but it's <laughs> and, and it's but it, it's really amazing that all of these movies really that we at least the first the originals that we've talked about they were all made for nothing just absolutely nothing and they've spawned just legendary franchises you know multi-million dollar franchises and again it came from it's kind of like the the story with a lot of horror franchises that first one was made for nothing but like grit and determination and like a couple thousand bucks and all of a sudden, the newest one's worth, you know, it, it's getting made for, what, million. $80, 90000000 dollars, something like that, you know? Yeah. And you can hire, you know, all the best actors, like all the, like the hot actors of the time and all that. And, but back then, you have Jamie Lee Curtis, who's like in one episode of Columbo, I think, before this. 
And then, of course, she's Laurie Strode in this. And they just took a gamble because, hey, we can't afford anybody else, you know? Yeah. And look what that did. Yeah, that's even how most of this was. And I know a bunch of them, like, we're trying to get rap shooting, like, super fast. Like, even looking back to Friday the 13th, I think it was filmed in, like, two to three weeks. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Something like that, something short. Yeah, and okay, so Halloween Kills was twenty million. That was the budget it had. It had a twenty million dollar mm-hmm. budget, and it's it's pretty wild just to like think that these people are making these legendary movies for nothing. But then when you really look at the movies themselves, they don't have a lot going on, and yeah. it's very streamlined. It's very to the point. It's Michael Myers in a William Shatner mask killing people, like killing a couple people, and then disappears. And then all of a sudden the legend begins, you know, it's, and then you move on from there, but it's really absolutely nothing on screen except for great ideas and just great execution of those ideas. Yeah. So I just pulled up a list of the highest grossing horror franchises. Now this is going to be before Halloween kills. So of the four franchises, what do you think is the most valuable second, like most the least valuable? Most the like in terms of now following all their movies, like how how much their franchise is worth. I'd say the ones least, we talked about are just of all time. The ones we've talked about. I'd say least valuable to most. My guess, I'd probably have to go Texas Chainsaw yeah. last. Texas Chainsaw is the least valuable. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street next or third. Nope, Nightmare on... Well, I, it's actually inconclusive because this list came out before Halloween Kills. Well, okay. so let's live in a pre-Halloween Kills world, then. All right, so then, no, Nightmare is the second most valuable. Halloween is number three. And really? Friday the 13th is the most valuable. I'm shocked by that. Because I feel like of all of them, I'd say Halloween probably had the highest rated of the sequels or like most not that the all the sequels like were incredible by any means but i feel like of those you would hear say like okay halloween 2 in 1980 something was people would still admire it and redeem and be like okay you could group the first two halloween 2018 was well liked i mean i went to see halloween kills opening night and getting tickets for that was like near to impossible it was sold out in every single theater within like a 30 mile with halloween kills that might push how because halloween and nightmare were pretty close and it's funny because like i we we did the ranking and i said friday the 13th was the worst of the original movies oh really yeah Yeah, mike's not a fan of the original though that one I, uh, I just I said it was a it was just a campy generic horror film. Well, that's and that's the thing. Since we are talking about this movie, Halloween '78, Friday the Thirteenth, the original Friday the Thirteenth, is a purposeful ripoff of this movie, mm-hmm. and it, it was intentionally supposed to be like, well, look what Carpenter did with Mike Myers in Halloween. We got to make our own, you know, character like that. We got to come up with something or some sort of movie like that. So that's how they. You know, they came up with the only thing they did differently was let's make the killer's identity a mystery until the end. And but that's exactly the whole plan was to bite off of Halloween's popularity by having a mass killer or a in this case, a mystery killer cut down some, you know, some young folk, basically. 
And all they really did, and they didn't really change a lot. They just kind of amplified it a bit. In Friday the 13th, they still have the horny, the horny characters, just like PJ Souls and Bob in this one. And then they have, or Linda and Bob, I should say. So wait, is and, Texas, is, is Leatherface the only one in the first movie that didn't interrupt sex to kill someone? There isn't even any sex in that first movie. Okay. So, so yeah. yeah, so he, by <laughs> default, I think yes. <laughs> well, technically, Freddie didn't interrupt anything with Tina and Rod, I think, but he, he waited, waited for them to finish. He, was he waited until they were done. So he's he's a little... He's a little more courteous, whereas <laughs> Mrs. Voorhees is interrupting those kids in the uh, in the attic in that in the beginning of that movie, and then Michael, of course, is he waited till the end as well. But <laughs> so Mrs. Voorhees hates premarital sex. Michael and Fred, Michael and Freddie are pervs, and Leatherface he he minds his own business. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he just wants to kill and eat you. That's all he wants. <laughs> he's just hungry. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah he, he's not casting judgment on you and that's probably why you like leatherface you know he doesn't care about that he's he's, he's just out for one thing i'm gonna kill you and i'm gonna eat you he doesn't pass judgment on your you life know style. that might make leatherface the most respectable of the killers because he doesn't waste what he kills absolutely not <laughs> and of course he's and he's not like quipping it up like freddie he's not making you feel like a dick with his bad jokes he's not like jason who's gonna he's trying to provide for his family Right, exactly. Like, Jason's going to fuck up your camping trip by killing you in your sleeping bag. You know? He's going to fuck up your sleeping bag, which was probably pretty expensive. Exactly. And Leatherface yeah. creates furniture and everything. He exactly. With a nice sleeping bag. He's giving back to the community. Listen, listen. Leatherface, you can make an argument, is a hunter, not a killer. <laughs> He's not even a hunter, really. He's just kind of like... Uh, of crime of opportunity essentially like hey these kids are showing up i, mean, I think all of them just came right to his house right yeah, no i mean at least for the first couple kills in that movie he wouldn't be convicted in texas because he was defending his property exactly he's like he's like hey it just turns out i happen to be out of some skin leather oh look fresh meat <laughs> it just came to my door <laughs> i mean they were breaking and entering into his house they were the first kill in. she is straight up just going in no announcement <laughs> no nope. yeah yeah then of course there's you know then there's michael myers who is just if you just get in between him and where he happens to be walking he's gonna murder you you know it's yeah. Especially like in 2018, where he just goes into that random house and not, and with the grabs the hammer and kills that random old woman. Yeah, yep. there was no reason for him to kill that lady, <laughs> unless like he had some paranoid fantasy, like paranoid thoughts where he was like, "Oh wait, she's gonna realize that her hammer's missing. She's gonna track it back to me, and I'm gonna go to jail." No, 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 no. I can't have that. I gotta well, kill her. <laughs> you know, leaves the one kid alone. Right. Well, yeah. And of course, Michael Myers does have a line, apparently. He will not kill an infant. <laughs> no matter how or, much that infant is, is now, now, there's only one example of him ignoring an infant. So maybe it was just inconvenient. He's like, this baby ain't going to remember shit. I don't have to kill him to take care of witnesses. <laughs> I heard he killed his mom. I'm sure I'm going to get the dad at some point, you know, just statistically speaking here in Haddonfield. You know? But it's like, yeah, and then, of course, nature will take over. Unless this kid raises itself, I think I'll be killing, uh, indirectly killing this kid. So I'm good with that. Well, that Michael Myers is the only one that is described as, like, the, in, the incarnation of evil. Like, he is evil itself. Right, because we get that. And then we get Jason, who is just, like, the general consensus with Jason is he's unkillable. 
but he's not necessarily labeled as evil he's just unkillable freddy is a literal demon in some of these movies and of course leatherface you know we've all he's just got the mind of a child and he's just good at what he does you know that's my whittling away right my biggest issue with friday or with with halloween is the big thing at the end of halloween is they remove the mask and michael is just a guy except he's a guy that can survive getting stabbed in the neck shot several times falling out a window and runs away without leaving any blood or anything but even that same thing when loomis shot him six times in the chest there wasn't even a single blood splatter and then he falls out the window and then just walks away like no problem i didn't just fall out a two-story window on my back and maybe herniated something at minimum oh absolutely (laughs) he walks imagine yeah some guy with like bullet holes came in because he had a herniated disc and we, we did the surgery and he left now he wouldn't let us take off that mechanics jumpsuit he had on or the William Shatner mask. He just said, he just told us to figure, he just kind of like motioned to us what we should do. He didn't even say a word. It was fucking weird. <laughs> oh, wait, but there was a silent killer oath. murdering people up the street? Fuck, that was him. <laughs> <laughs> we have our oath. We have to do the surgery. <laughs> right. We shall do no harm. <laughs> even that my issue is now just like thinking about it is the whole purpose of Michael Myers coming out and doing his thing in both Halloween, the original, and Halloween 2018, is completely different in Halloween Kills. In both these two movies, he's trying to find Lori, and then the big premise of Halloween Kills, which they clearly had two lines throughout the entire movie, and it was evil dies tonight, and he just wants to go home. Yeah. And the whole idea of that is, like, he just wants to go home, and that kind of defeats all of the original Halloween and Halloween 2018. Right. It's, it's yeah, it's... And we'll get into it, but um, and we might we might as well, you know, uh, like get into it. So why don't we do um, why don't we do a little check in here on uh, our various alcohol? So tell her how's your cider? Still going good. About halfway nice. through, going strong. Go. No, what are you drinking again? What uh? That Taylor froze. Uh oh. Oh no, Michael got to her. Mike got to her. Michael Myers got to her. Oh wait, no, she's back. Okay. <laughs> Here, so uh where's your cider from i swear that we'll get that plug in it there was from warwick new york there you go All right. what was the brewery or the cider place i don't know what you call a cider house the cider yeah. house a cidery cidery original <laughs> sin oh original sin yeah that's right that's a good one all right so mike what about yours i am still drinking from my fishbowl <laughs> of course you are it yeah. fits three three 16 ounce beers it's quite yeah. quite convenient <laughs> Yeah, when Mike puts that down on the desk, there's three witches come out and they start doing spells and shit over it. <laughs> Listen, don't make fun of my witches. They're nice people. Focus. <laughs> right over there. Yeah, they pay they pay their rent. They're fun. They stay out of my way. They're good. <laughs> They're good people. Yeah. But my uh crop circle pumpkin ale from Great Barn Brewery is very good. It's a bit stronger than I thought. I'm going through these things pretty quick. I got about right around two left it could hard to tell with the fishbowl <laughs> right i, I but, have roughly uh, the equivalent of two they're about 8.5 percent but they drink really easily nice and i got my uh my pumpkin smasher from uh big muddy brewing 
and uh, in uh, Murfreesboro, Illinois, and it is very good. It's a very good pumpkin beer. It's not overpowering, but it's not like you. It's not like you drink and you go, "Wait, is this pumpkin?" No, it's definitely a pumpkin flavored beer. But I didn't get a chance to uh, review. I I every October I have a goal to find the best pumpkin beer, and I found it this year. Now you can agree with me, or you could be wrong. <laughs> Everyone's titled to their wrong opinion. Yeah, everyone, you, you can have your opinion, and I respect that, but just know your opinion is not correct unless it aligns with my opinion. <laughs> so who was it? What was the best pumpkin beer? It was uh, Westville's Brewing's pumpkin beer. Yeah, all right. I had to check that out. But, uh, I had it while, like, uh, I went, there's a liquor store in Pittman, New Jersey, that just has, like, a bunch of, like, you can build your own four-packs with, like, a ton of different local beers. And I got one of them, and I was like, wow, I wish I got a lot more than one of these. (laughs) (laughs) If only there was a way that they would sell me more than one in one pack. (laughs) Like, I don't know, six or so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's four. Ah, Either way. But, uh, all right, so we got our beers. We're checked in. We're good. Now we can just move on into uh, officially 2018's Halloween, which uh, directed by David Gordon Green, who... Uh, is a very frequent collaborator with uh, Danny McBride, who is also a credited writer on this movie. Mm, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure if you took the time, you can very easily spot the scenes that Danny McBride wrote <laughs> because it's the scene about the bond me. And it's also the scene with the little kid clipping his uh, toenails. You know, that is very much Danny McBride dialogue right there. Wait, so I found out the little kid clipping his toenails. He's improvising the whole thing. He improvised, like, he improvised like 90% of his lines. That's, well, then I feel like Danny McBride was probably off camera going, all right, let this kid go. (laughs) (laughs) like, this kid is fucking funny. Let's see what else he's got. (laughs) Right, let him go. I just love what he's like, can you just let me sit here clipping my nasty ass toenails? (laughs) It's like, like, yes, that's my thoughts exactly, kid. (laughs) I was thinking the same damn thing. But so, uh, Ross, this is the first movie that we can conclusively say we would not survive. Was that because the podcasters die? Oh, right, that's right. Yeah, those fucking pretentious assholes. Yeah, right. Like, who are they to tell other people what to think? Unless I'm talking about pumpkin beer, then I will tell you what to think. That's right, and you will listen and you will like it. But no, well, then I say pretentious assholes because there's the one scene in this that really it. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, in a horror movie, there's always a character who deserves to die, just deserves it. Whether they be the jerk off boyfriend or they be like the bitchy, you know, like horny girl. Like they're always the ones that seem to deserve. Or the guy that's just like so, so dumb running away from a serial killer that you're like, Oh, come on, dude, you're trying to die with this. (laughs) And in this one, we also have Oscar who is, He's the he oh he's just like that little fuck is just such a creepy asshole where he's like he's trying to be like the nice guy best friend he's like oh you're throwing signals out it's like yeah fuck Mike Mike string him up put him up on that fence just kill this asshole but Uh, I got a sleeping bag for you stuff him in it and start beating him against the fence we got to compete with Jason here right Jason (laughs) they pan over to the right Jason's there just nodding his head like it worked it worked (laughs) then uh but I'm telling these with these damn podcasters. The guy, especially now, it's well established that Michael Myers does not say anything, he is not a chatty guy, he will say no words to you when he kills you. 
He is in the first one, which this is a direct sequel of. It ignores two through whatever. It's a direct sequel of the original. Michael Myers in that one has been voluntarily mute for 15 years. Hasn't said a word on purpose. In this, it's 40 years after the fact. So that means we got a total of 55 years where Michael Myers hasn't said a damn thing because it's his choice not to say a damn thing. Listen, and what this guy does stands 10 feet away from him, holds his mask up and screams, say something, say something. It's almost like Michael Myers is going to turn around and just give him the finger and then just turn <laughs> right back around. It's like, you asshole, 55 years have gone by and I haven't said a word because I didn't want to. And because you scream at me in British a little bit, I'm supposed to turn and give you a goddamn interview? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know what would be funny is if instead of yelling, say something, he holds up the mask and just starts playing, say something, I'm giving up on you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Or when like that, was, that would, Michael Myers would be moved. He would speak to me for that. <laughs> right. Or when he kills him in the bathroom, he just kind of pulls a, like, an, like a Patrick Bateman. He goes, how's this for saying something, motherfucker? <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> Like how's the it's like how's the account now, you pretentious fucking bastard? And then he just stands up, his hair's all wild, and he's got the blood splattered all over his mask. <laughs> For some reason, the podcast asks, "You have a dog, a little right. chow, or something?" He puts, he puts newspaper on the floor of the bathroom. <laughs> Puts on a clear raincoat for some reason instead of the what the uh, mechanic charm. <laughs> and, the, and in fact, the only way I would have wanted the podcaster to die more is if he would have been played by Jared Leto. <laughs> yes, exactly. Fuck Jared Leto. I hate that guy. <laughs> it would have been God. It would have been perfect. It just would have been perfect. But no, and, if Jared Leto ever wants to come on the podcast to discuss my hatred for him, I will welcome that. <laughs> Again, you want to talk about pretentious assholes. He would come on and it'd be like, he probably wouldn't even get the fact that we're, that we hate him. You know, it'd just be like, it's like, well, you know, uh, the creative decisions were made and I, I'm going on a silence retreat in the desert. Look, asshole. That's why we don't like you. you know? I'm happy you got on the hate train with me, Ross. I, I, I mean, I enjoy him as an actor, but like as a person, he's just a fucking dick, you know, but and uh, well, I mean, speaking of actors, we have the same exact actor playing Michael Myers as we do in the original. Like the dude has reprised his role, and he, I personally, I don't think he's, uh, he hasn't missed a step. You know, he's still now, got. I it. have a, this. Like, let's ignore surviving all the shit he survives, all the gunshots, fires, whatever. You're telling me, dude, doesn't have arthritis yet? See, that's the thing with his immortality. Does that come like? wolverine healing but he's powers? not supposed to be fucking immortal he's supposed to be a person <laughs> well do, is evil able to be weakened <laughs> they say that's a question literally you can answer guys don't uh don't <laughs> don't just all jump at me at once <laughs> <laughs> but, all right so taylor I feel like, uh, again, like, I feel like Mike and I are just being assholes while you're just watching us be dumbasses. So why, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this, on this version of uh, a Halloween movie? Specifically um, 2018. We can, we'll get into Halloween kills in a second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm biting my tongue until then. I actually made a note sheet on that movie because I have a nice. to say. 
but Halloween 2018, because that's what we're on. Honestly, I went in it kind of, it was another sequel, wasn't expecting much for now. I think it was 11th in the franchise. I was impressed by the movie. I thought, you know, coming off like the first one, I thought the way they did it was well-written. I thought most of the acting choices they chose were well done. My only issue with the movie is how they made Jamie Lee Curtis's character. You mean Sarah Connor? <laughs> what do you mean? She is Laurie Strode <laughs> is Sarah Connor in this movie. <laughs> yeah, this is literally Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. Right. I've never yes. seen the Terminator movies. <gasps> oh, Taylor. All right. We're going to pause the podcast right now. You're going to have to watch one and two, and we will see you in about five hours. Okay? We're going to resume that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I'm taking off from work tomorrow, so I right. can do that. <laughs> it's fine. We're good. Figure it out. But no, she's she's literally, and she's basically Sarah Connor from Dark Fate, essentially, you know, in the newest one. She's almost dressed exactly the same, too. But it's, it's weird because, you know, with with Laurie Strode becoming the survivalist prepper, like Doomsday prepper, essentially, or like Michael Myers Day prepper, she really can only become Sarah Connor. Like, there's there's no other, like, strong female character in, like, uh, in cinema that she can really become other than Ripley, you know? But Ripley's more like space Sarah Connor, <laughs> you know? Or, well, now, Sarah Connor's more like Earth Ripley, I guess. This raises, this raises the question. Why why not move? Why, yeah. why not move? <laughs> exactly. Why not live in Alaska? Why not move to fucking Miami? You know? <laughs> yeah, go something like in the same area. Right. So you're yeah, more she's just alone on the outskirts. by yourself. Right, yeah. She was like, it's like she went from the suburbs to the edge of town. Listen, okay, great she, choice. If, great if choice. She, <laughs> if she moved to Europe, something tells me Michael Myers doesn't have a passport. Yeah, I'm willing to and bet, yeah. Something else tells me he doesn't know how to fly an airplane. Well, you never know. They taught him how to drive in that mental facility in the first one, so maybe they gave him some, maybe they gave him some flying lessons. He's, he's a, his roommate in the mental facility is a Vietnam veteran who happened to fly airplanes. And right, and as time goes on, he gets video games like a flight simulator or something like that. He and logs a few hours. Thinking, this can really come in handy in case Lori moves out of the country. Right. It's like, uh, think about it, Mike. What are you going to do if she goes away? Well, I'm going to fight. I'm going to find her. What if she goes to Australia? Ah, shit. I guess I can either rent up uh, pilot a boat or a plane. I'm not a big fan of water, so maybe I'll just fly. You know? <laughs> Mike, you know, true Michael Myers fashion. Does the serial killer walk? Now he does the serial killer rowboat. He just rows <laughs> all the way to Australia. <laughs> Which is weird because I can picture him doing it. <laughs> It doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility for Michael Myers to do. He's capable of anything. Right, exactly. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Actually, he has one of those swan paddle boats because he doesn't move his arms when he moves. Right, right. he's just kidding. He can just pedal only. <laughs> yeah, he's pedaling his way there. He's got to look a little duck boat. <laughs> he gets there in approximately 25 years because they don't move at all. Have you ever rented one of those fucking things? They go approximately half a mile an hour. <laughs> They yeah, just go I in mean, circles. You don't go out. You just go in circles. Right. You're lost on it the whole time. 
Exactly. All the Michael Myers sequels are him trying to get to Australia on a paddle boat, and he just keeps landing in the wrong place because it's going in circles. Right. He's just killing anybody. Like again, he's like Sarah Connor or like the Terminator. He's just killing anybody named Laurie. <laughs> just going through them. This brings back my idea for Freddy Krueger. Why not drop Michael Myers at an ISIS base? We could get Michael Myers versus terrorists. It would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing I can see Freddie, like, in their dreams. Like, but Michael Myers would probably be standing in Afghanistan just kind of like. <laughs> that's when he chooses to speak. Like, why am I here? <laughs> what is going on here? There's no babysitters. There's no nothing here. <laughs> why am I doing this? Like, he just, like, reevaluates his life and, like, moves to, like, Germany or something. Just kind of live out his days. <laughs> like, what have I done? <laughs> But in this in this movie, it's it's funny because in that first Halloween, and of course, of course, it's like budgetary constraints and whatnot. It's the it's the most quiet, boring Halloween ever because there's no one on the streets in that movie. In this movie, on the other hand, we have trick or treaters galore. They are everywhere, and it's really weird to see. In that first one, Michael was just the shape is what, you know, they, he's been credited as. He's just moving like a robot through, back and forth between these two houses. In this one, you really get a sense of the danger he does pose because, like I said, anybody between him and his destination is dead. And except yeah, for when I he imagine him coming a kid and he's like, you know what? This kid's trick-or-treating. I was a trick-or-treater once. Ended up killing my sister. Maybe that's what this kid's going to do. I, I guess I got to let him. <laughs> I have hope that this kid's going to turn into a murderer too. I'm going to let him develop. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to let him go. You know, I'm going to let him. I'm going to see how this plays out. You know, this kid but, has serial killer vibes. I think I like him. <laughs> right. It's just something about seeing him in a crowd of people that everyone essentially thinks he's just dressed up as well because, you know, he's a big guy in a mechanic suit and a mask. You know, why wouldn't yeah. you? <laughs> but then again, it begs the question of like with Nightmare on Elm Street, Michael Myers is such a famous killer in Haddonfield. Shouldn't everyone know what he looks like? And but it's now like, does that that also raises the question: Is has he become a popular costume in Haddonfield? There's got to be some twist in movies, especially with people getting these like costumes and sequels and like taunting the final girl or like whatever. You see that frequently for all these movies. Actually, Halloween yeah. 2. No, Halloween 2. They have a guy in a similar jumpsuit that they think is Michael Myers and they run him over and it turns out to be the guy that Lori liked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, in, in the original Scream, it, that plays a big role in it because there's those assholes running around the school just pretending to be Ghostface. You know, exactly. and, and of course, and that was what, 97 or 96? Yeah, 96. Yeah, there's, in 2018... Dudes are even more assholes, so they're definitely going to be doing that, you know? (laughs) But the way I imagine Michael Myers running down a crowded street filled with trick-or-treaters, like, you know in Monty Python, where Sir Lancelot is going to rescue what's-his-name from Swamp Castle, (laughs) and he just runs up and just starts stabbing people, (laughs) and there's, there's triumphant music as he's running through the party. He's like, have at you, and he's kicking people down the stairs. <laughs> right. And then the best part would be they show him leaving and show, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> you know, once he's like, you know, once the uh, the bloodlust hits you. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
Sorry about that. But, you know, it's, it's so strange because it, it seems like there's only a small group of people in this movie that actually know about Michael Myers. When I feel like it should be, everyone should know because it doesn't seem like that big of a town, Haddonfield. Well, well now, you, you could think... Oh, go well, ahead, you Taylor. Think, you would think anything, regardless of town size, if, say, if you're even going into the second movie, which is a continuation of the first there, they said by the end of the night, it was like 16 to 18 people he killed. Yeah. Like, you would think, say that, or if this is a continuation of only the first, where it was three people dead, you would think, huh, you know, a story like that where three people dead, he's chasing down his long-lost sister, that that would kind of be like a folk legend that would live on in a town. But that might end up, so is this like the real amount of like the first one takes place in 78? Does this one take place in 2018? Because yeah. it says so, forty, it says forty years ago. So forty yeah. years later, it might be enough time for people to go. Oh, that's probably just a legend. I, I mean, even with her family still in the town, because like her daughter and granddaughter are still there. So you would think, and even if we're talking about people remaining assholes, like you would think that would kind of live on, poking that, fun at her granddaughter, like, that, oh, your grandma's the recluse in the woods who has a bomb shelter going on for some guy in a psychiatric institution. Also, why are they still in the town? Why are they in the fucking town? <laughs> yeah, and especially especially Judy Greer and uh, her daughter. And, you know, you would think that because of the relationship she has with, you know, Lori, that, yes, they would be as far away as possible. Like, they don't, there is no effort made to be like, well, we stuck around for the schools. You know, it's yeah. it's nothing like that. It's moms they out there moved away in, before daughter was born. <laughs> right, it's like mom's living in the woods. The thing is, the the legend would be Laurie Strode. She wouldn't. It wouldn't be Michael Myers because everyone forty years later would be like, you know, that crazy doomsday prepper lady that lives out in the woods. You know, well, it's like or lives a hundred feet away at the end of the block because apparently they're not that far away from everything. You know, it's like, yeah. like she's out there. Like you know, like you know why she's out there, and that's where the the rumor mill and the urban legends would begin. It's like, well, I heard she's crazy and preparing for the end of the world. Well, I heard she thought there was a robot coming after her to kill her from the future. It's like then there's, well, I heard when she was a babysitter, a man tried to murdered all her friends and tried to kill her too. It's like, and people thought he was her brother for a little bit. Yeah, and then and of course, <laughs> then all the sequels happen. It's like, and then I thought there was a cult at one point, or like a kids tried to live in uh, her in his house and all that, and then Busta Rhymes was there for some reason, and LL Cool J showed up at one point, you know, and it's it's Which all raises the ultimate question: Why doesn't Ice T at some point deliver a cryptic rhyming directions? <laughs> Because damn it, we had moved on from early '90s rappers at that point. <laughs> no, we haven't. Speak for yourself. <laughs> hey, I was there, man. We moved on. <laughs> you moved on. We had moved on. Ice T was thinking acting at that point, but yeah, and that's and that's one of the things. Like, I, I think that's a real missed opportunity. Like, for and of course, in this post-scream world, essentially, where everything's kind of self-referential. And you have to have, like in Halloween Kills, we have the season of the witch mask show up. And you have all these in-references to movies that allegedly in this timeline don't exist. But it's all the fans, they're there for the fans. It's like, oh, look at that. There's little Easter eggs. There is no effort made to make, quote unquote, like urban legends or myths about the other sequels, which is what I think you should kind of pepper in there. 
if you want to kind of get cute about it, which a lot of, you know, writing nowadays for a lot of these movies would want to do, like they would make some sort of Paul Rudd, like Paul Rudd reference, you know, it's like, like, oh, they, you know, they could remember that like there was something about a guy who looked like that dude from Clueless, you know, it, something like that would kind of come out. But That's, um, with 2018, it like, I think the movie's pretty much a greatest hits album with the amount of callbacks they have to the first movie and the sequels. Like a lot of the scenes, like, like uh, looking out the school window, and but instead of Michael Myers, it's Jamie Lee Curtis standing there. Uh, they they reference a lot of scenes from like the first movie and the sequels, so that essentially makes us feel like a greatest hits album. And I almost wish that they cut back on that. Yeah, or or just make them a lot more subtle, you know. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to get like. You don't have to be like the MCU where everything in the background is related to something, you know, it's, you don't have to do that shit. But when it comes to a franchise where you have so many sequels that you're glossing over and you're ignoring, there's, you could be like Rob Zombie where you could be like, this is its own world. This is its own remake situation. Or you can be, when you say you're ignoring, you're going back to just the original, but you're going to be cute. and You're going to pepper in your little, your little references at some point, you got to kind of acknowledge the fact that this is what we're doing. And in, and in Halloween Kills, it feels like that's what they should have done because there's, tonally speaking, in that movie, it is not, it, it feels more like a Friday the 13th movie with Jason just moving through people. Whereas it's yeah. Michael Myers going through a fucking town of people. And at the end, again, we should have said at the beginning, full-on spoiler alert for all these movies to talk about. A little late for the first day that we talked about. But with Halloween Kills, they beat him to death. And then, like the Undertaker, like when he always sits up like the Undertaker, he hears it from the crowd, gets up, and just starts murdering away. It's like, oh boy, here I go killing again. And he's just killing all over again. And it's almost like he needed to be almost killed to get energized to murder this entire town. You know? when he walks out of the house like in the beginning with the fire you have a full fire squad there they have chainsaws they have knives they have all these things you're telling me also keep in mind this man was just chilling in the basement of a house engulfed in flames he did not come out with a single flame on him he was sitting in the closet until the guy fell through the floor and walks out my dude knows how to stop drop and roll his mask his mask will charge and then annihilates like a 12-person fire squad who all has a legitimate weapon on them. Right. And all these reasons like the halberd. <laughs> yeah, they tried to get him wet, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was cute. <laughs> it's like, let's just get him real wet. Maybe he'll get a chill or something. <laughs> <laughs> he caught a cold. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe pneumonia will take him out. <laughs> the same thing in this one just wiping out people then the scene after you have him going over to Lori's neighbor's house taking out the poor elderly couple who's just trying to fly their little helicopter right. what are they doing right that was, <laughs> that was actually that, that actually made me laugh when he was kind of like he throws the drone comes getting gets thrown back out from the other room it's kind of like Oh, fuck you, man. It's like, they're just having fun with the toy. <laughs> it's like, now it's like, oh, no, here they go. They're going to die. Technology. But this keeps bringing up my main issue. Are they trying to make Michael Myers some sort of supernatural being, or is he a human? But that's I think... Go ahead, Taylor, go ahead. 
that was my i have a long list of issues with halloween kills do but it get them out one, this is this is therapy <laughs> oh i was screaming at the end of this movie <laughs> screaming but this was one of my main points in this movie is they're making him out you have jamie lee curtis the entire time saying he is human but he goes grows stronger with every death and blah 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 but there were like so many instances in this movie where he easily just should have been killed like even yeah. in that end scene where they're beating him to death and then you have judy greer who goes to shoot him you shoot him in the back. Like you have him on the ground with his head right there. And you're just like, mm, I'm going to spare him a little bit. Yeah. Like, you got to go vampire rules. You got to, or zombie rules. You got to remove the brain. You got to remove the head. The head. <laughs> That's the only way to go. Or even in when they were trying to, I guess, do their own spin, forget Halloween too, that originally happened where they caught him in the house and that whole pointless plot line of the police officer in there. Yeah. But same now one person of all people are like oh he's human too i'm just gonna charge at the guy and let him go you know what you know who they needed they needed randy from scream to be directing how to handle this killing oh he's losing his mind right now exactly like he would know how to take it's 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 weird because when you watch these movies and you know it's it's funny like as a viewer like you watch this movie and you know that Michael Myers is this unkillable killing machine. It's kind of like every time you watch like a Godzilla movie and the army tries to shoot him, you know, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, a couple bullets are going to stop this nuclear monster that came out of the ocean, you know? And for yeah. this one, it's like, oh yeah. You uh, never know. You never know. <laughs> it's like, you know, a crowd with a couple baseball bats and some kicks. Yeah, that should finish him off. <laughs> Don't forget they're chanting evil dies tonight. Every other word in the movie. Exactly. And the worst part about it is in a movie that is so inherently silly when it comes to how these people are reacting to Michael Myers, the real tragedy is that they kill an innocent mental patient. <laughs> no, but even forget that you have Anthony and Michael Hall leading like a beauty and the beast guest on type army through yes this that is perfectly how but that not is even that you're chasing a guy who's like two feet shorter 200 pounds like heavier in fat rather than muscle you're telling me that you came face to face with michael myers this giant guy but now you're chasing around this short little stubby mental patient exactly because exactly physically makes sense right just just take a second and remember your traumatic childhood that you are remembering all the time you just gave the most depressing speech ever in a bar and you definitely know what michael myers looks like so what the fuck are you thinking right now you just want to kill somebody that's what it boils down to you don't want to kill michael myers you just want to kill somebody you know anthony michael hall just still has a lot of anger issues towards edward scissorhands he's coming out in a <laughs> <laughs> or yeah or like just the fact that he was uh just in the breakfast club you know it's like well that's what everyone remembers me from fuck <laughs> you know yeah i forgot to bring up something with my halloween 2018 what did you guys think of the fucking insane doctor in that well that's the thing and my favorite line of that movie is um jamie lee curtis just casually looking at him and going oh so you're the new loomis <laughs> it's like yep that's exactly right. <laughs> you He's are Loomis, but insane. <laughs> right. 
Well, Loomis wasn't exactly like he wasn't exactly the best doctor evil either. He was no, he but he's not killing him. a cop to see how Michael interacts with. Right. Of course, you do have to you have to level up the doctor, but yeah, Loomis was one of the worst doctors you could think of because all he does is go, that guy's evil. Don't let him out. He's evil. Don't let him out. It's like, well, aren't you supposed to be trying to fix him? You know, like treat him. Not yeah. really do something. Didn't they, they say he gave up? Like he tried to reach him and just sort of gave up after like a year. But yeah, oh yeah, oh a year. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You put in that one year of your life, presumably that you've so far dedicated your entirety of life to. You know, getting to that point. I'm sorry that one patient was a little tricky for a year, so you gave up. <laughs> this kid, this kid has dark eyes. I don't like it. <laughs> right. He could have been the breakthrough case that you needed to become like the doctor of the world. You know, it's like he's the guy that fixed Michael Myers. But no, you give up after a year because he's a little tough. <laughs> Which is why I think it would have been more effective to get Quint in there as his doctor. Dr. Quint, the shark hunter. Well, then you'd have to worry about him being drunk half the time. That might be helpful. I don't know. It very well might be. Hey, you never know. No, he might try to kill him because he thinks it's a shark and has doll's eyes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Blackest eyes. <laughs> but, so, I mean, and then with Halloween Kills, obviously it's it's a planned middle movie of a tr- of a trilogy. And Apparently, from what I from what I've read about Halloween Ends, it's it's supposed to somehow be a completely different tone of a movie. Like I can't imagine what that tone's going to be if it's like one on one. It's Laurie, comedy, Michael. You know, that's the only way I can think about it. It would be, be a comedy. Also, just keep in mind that Laurie right now has her entire stomach held together by needle and thread, but she can also drop kick a nurse in the middle of the movie. Yes, of course. Yeah, I think we well, could all drop cake and nurse. I mean, it's medical fact that that can happen. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's medical. Our insides are held together by stitches. Exactly. But let's just pull on one to a nurse at this moment. Yeah, it should be fine. <laughs> also, the gore is so over the top in Halloween Kills. Like, yeah, <sighs> yeah. There's there is a lot of, and that's well, that's one of the things that Michael Myers. It's one of his trademarks, other than like you know the face smashing. He does a lot of skull stepping. Like he yeah. he'll crush a lot of skulls yeah. by just stepping on them. You know he curb stomps a motherfucker. He goes straight Ed Norton on him from American History right. X. <laughs> well, again, and then to speak to, in the second one, he's more of just a force moving through this town. Whereas in 2018, you get that theatrical Michael back. Because yeah. even when the female podcaster is on the toilet, he comes in, he's checking doors, he checks hers, and it's not working. She does the whole get away from me creep kind of thing. It's locked. And she's like, oh, these guys. And then he reaches his hand over and just kind of slowly crumbles the teeth onto the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, A, <laughs> Mike, how much time did you spend getting those teeth out of that skull? Because that looks like a full head. <laughs> I love the Halloween kills. You spent some decent time on the poor old man flying the drone, just taking every kitchen knife and making some right. artwork into his back for no reason while his poor wife just sat there and was like, What the hell is going on? <laughs> I completely forgot about that one. Yeah, he like gets him over the butcher bike island and then just starts stabbing him. 
one at a time, like a pincushion. Like solid ten seconds of just the camera on him, just taking every knife out of the drawer, like one, right. two, three. Listen, it was Michael learns to count, and he made a big breakthrough. Yay! <laughs> the best oh part is what they sh- like. What they should have done is show him going, like reaching for a butcher knife and go, no steak knife. All right. <laughs> uh, another steak knife no that's repetitive uh let's go to cleaver there we go <laughs> oh a that bread knife, knife. that's serrated <laughs> oh potato peeler this should be interesting neck <laughs> ice cream scooper not what i was looking for but it could be fun let's see what we can do let's get it in there my what? favorite in 2018 is when uh they're ordering they're, i think they show her them in the gas station, and you just see Michael killing the guy that he takes the clothes off of in the background. <laughs> it's it's so crazy, and I mean, but again, to speak to his efficiency and his style, it's been forty years, forty years, and what's the first thing he goes for when he goes for a clothes a switch of clothes? That mechanics outfit. He <laughs> knows what he likes. You know, you think there's so many kill- other options. Do you think his first kill is always a mechanic so he could steal a mechanic's outfit? Do you think I mean, he do you think he goes around to the nearby auto body shops and he goes, No, nah, that guy's too small. That guy's a little too fat. Exactly. That one, that one's my size. I got <laughs> yeah. this. Because I got news for you. Getting a onesie that fits, it's, it's difficult. Right. <laughs> like that's the guy. It's like that that looks like the crotch might be a little too low, too a little too tight. You know, oh wait, there's my guy. There he goes. <laughs> Here you're killing again. You know, <laughs> the poor mechanics of <laughs> right, exactly. And that well, that's and now that I, now that we speak of that in the original, that's one of the other like little bit of blood uh kills. The mechanic he kills on the side of the road and puts in the brush in the bushes. Like that guy's got a little bit of like jelly smear on his chest, you know. So there's a little bit of attempted blood in that, but um, but yeah, it's and of course, you know, first thing he does, he's like, oh, that mask. I know he put it in my in his trunk. I'm going to get that mask back. I, I don't need a new one. I'm going to go with the original because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the classics. Have you seen the controversy that I, I don't know how serious this is, the controversy that has come out with Halloween Kills? No. I've seen a lot. <laughs> so they're saying, yeah, say, be specific. They're saying that he, uh, Michael Myers is homophobic because he kills the gay couple. Why would they make him homophobic? I would think that would make him an equal opportunity killer. <laughs> yeah. Or you could make the argument if he is the embodiment of evil, of course he's homophobic. Well, that, that too. <laughs> he's just <laughs> doing it. Either way, him killing that couple is what Michael should be doing. You know? Yeah. I mean, leaving them alone would be the killing literally any single person that can't he killed the child at the playground they were just playing hide and seek he was I mean, doing he anything the, that came in his path he killed the 15 year old in the car that sounds like he had been smoking for 21 years <laughs> exactly <laughs> <clears throat> but i mean again it's it's so weird like i almost like i almost don't want to judge it i mean i'm gonna but I, I almost don't want to judge until you see Halloween end. So you can be like, well, what was the full story here? Like, why did this middle one have to be so different than the others tonally, you know? But then again, it was supposed to come out, what, two years ago or last year? It was supposed to come out last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously that pushed it back a bit. But 
I, I'm, I, I'm guessing they didn't reshoot anything. I think it's just still the same movie. They didn't edit it or anything like that. But it's, it's, really, it's really strange to see Michael Myers in 1978 go from being silent, murdering, you know, a little bit theatrical. He's got a little bit of style to the almost the same thing in 2018, but then suddenly in Kills, he's just like bloodthirsty. Like anything in my way, I'm a kill. You know, he just wants to go home. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. He just wants, <laughs> he's kind of like Hulk. He just wants to be left alone. And then, of course, like even when Lori says each kill, he gets stronger. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, hold on. So the angrier Hulk gets, the stronger Hulk gets. Is that what we're saying for Michael Myers here? It's like he's on a kill streak in Call of Duty. He's going for the tactical nuke. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the whole premise being he just wants to go look out the window. Right. Like, right. It's a like, movie. It's like, what is out the window? Well, then they show what's out the window, and it ain't worth it. <laughs> Listen, I have the perfect spin-off Halloween movie idea. I don't know why no one's thought of it. So, we're, this is going to take place right after Michael gets caught killing his sister. Okay. We're, we're full-blown full, full Vietnam, Cold War, whatever, at this point. Because what, what was it in the... Was it- well, he would have killed his sister in 1963. Okay, so yeah. Full-blown Cold War. So, what happens is they're like, huh, this six-year-old just killed without remorse. Let's pump him full of acid and get him in MK Ultra. Let's see if we can make him a super soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Captain Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) But, and then, boom, you make him like a sympathetic anti-villain because, yeah, he killed his sister at the age of six, but then for the rest of his life, he got drugged out. He, he had his mind erased, and they made him a super killer. <laughs> oh, man. How I feel bad for this for this psychotic murderer <laughs> because the government gave him a couple drugs. <laughs> oh, no. What a horrible <laughs> life he has led. <laughs> How things could have been different after he was a child who murdered his sister. <laughs> if only the government hadn't gotten a, gotten a hold of him. I, it explains Dr. Loomis being such a shitty doctor. He's like, ah, I couldn't get through to him. Give him the drugs. Fuck <laughs> it. Send him to Area 51. <laughs> I can't I can't handle this Which, patient. Send him we, to go back, we go back to the fact that my beer is called Crop Circle and that Michael Myers is in fact an alien and that's how we surviving everything. <laughs> It all makes sense now. It's finally come together. We have cracked the code. And that's the meaning of Black History Month. Right. That's right. How am I not in that movie? How am I not in that movie? <laughs> anyway, so that's probably enough. One. Wait, 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 wait. But how could we fit Nicolas Cage in this movie? We just did. <laughs> we made him the head of Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so Taylor, you got any final thoughts on these? You want to, uh, any more ranting about heroin kills that you didn't get to? Um, still going to go seeing the next Halloween, whatever that comes out. It's next year. I think it's next year. Noah. Um, I just need Hollywood to stop casting Anthony Michael Hall. That's just my cry out to the world. So, so we have... (laughs) We have Mike with Jared Leto. We have Taylor with Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, there is a, there is a little bit of a disconnect between those two. But you know, what, you know, what? we're gonna recast. We're gonna put Danny DeVito in here somewhere. 
That's literally one of my notes. It just says in all capital letters, Hollywood needs to stop casting Anthony Michael Hall for the life of me. <laughs> that is one whole bullet point in itself. Please, how, can we get Amel- how can we get Emilio Estevez in this movie? We're going to replace... <laughs> we're going to replace... I was going to say, according Hall. to Taylor, just replace him uh, for Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. We'll get Emilio Estevez in there. I'll take it. I'll take it. I just can't. And I can break out the Emilio Estevez tank top. Right. Yeah. Just anybody but my Anthony Michael Hall. I not. I I now have an Emilio Estevez tank top that fits. So the next time we talk about him, I can wear it for the whole podcast. There you go. There you go. And that's the one he's going to be on too. Oh, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> if you didn't know, I or- when we did the Mighty Ducks, I ordered a tank top with just Emilio Estevez's face all over it. <laughs> all over. Why? Why? Because it was funny. <laughs> and probably but, cheap. <laughs> my, next time I run into you at the bar, I just need you to be wearing Emilio S. <laughs> Most bars won't let me in with a tank top. <laughs> yes, but the ones that will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll love Emilio S. <laughs> right. They will have been changed that night. <laughs> oh, all right. So Taylor's final thoughts on the Halloween franchise are no more Anthony Michael Hall, which... He dies at the end of the kills, right? Is he one of the loose ends we wrap up? Again, salt half drunk. Can't remember. I know who's part of the crowd. I'm trying to think. Because he died. Yeah. Well, and that's one of my biggest complaints about that movie. Like it's it wrapped up a bunch of loose ends from 1978 that no one cared about. You know, it's like, well, yeah. what happened to the kids? Who cares? <laughs> what happened to Lonnie? Who cares? <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't need these answers. <laughs> What I need is Bob back. I miss Bob. Well, that's the, and that's one of my favorite uh, little Easter eggs in Halloween Kills. They show a picture of quote unquote Bob from 1978. In reality, it's not that actor, it's Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> because apparently those two looked very similar at the time. And Bob Odenkirk was like, Yeah, you can use my face. I don't give a shit. Go for it. <laughs> So that's what they did. So that picture of Bob in the yearbook is Bob Odenkirk. It's not the actual actor from 78. <laughs> You're not Jesus. You're Bob. That's right. But all right. So, Mike, where can people find us on the internet? So on social media, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Happy Hour Films Podcast. Give us a like, give us a follow. We love to hear from you. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and just about anywhere else you get your podcast from at Happy Hour Films Podcast. We're on a ton of different sites because of Anchor. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so we are finished with uh, classic slasher horror-tober. We've talked about Leatherface. We've talked about Jason or Jason, Leatherface, Freddie, and Michael. Now... Since we're moving into November and December, we're going to kind of combine the two months. We're going to do uh, a double size, a uh, plus size theme, I guess. We're going to do, um, it's kind of like a guest choice best of the last 10 years or so. So uh, we're going to try to get a guest on every uh, episode for the next two months. And we're going to let them pick their favorite of a specific year that they're on for. So, since Taylor is the first one here, we're going to give her uh, insider access to uh, 
see if she wants to pick a movie to come back on. Of course, she can say, you know, fuck you guys. I don't want to be back on again. You made me watch Halloween Kills. So, Right. No, she chose to watch Halloween Kills. We just made her talk about it. Well, yeah, either way. It's kind of like Ray with Monkey Shines. Like, no, not again. <laughs> no, we made Ray watch Monkey Shines. That is true. <laughs> so, so, Taylor, now I have heard that maybe Ready or Not is one of your uh, favorite movies to talk about. I was going to say, I'm. that's my next Halloween costume for the year. I think yes. Ready or Not. Yes. I love it. I remember I watched it first over COVID and then I made everyone I possibly came in contact with over COVID watch it with me again. Yes. Yeah, that movie... Uh... That movie sparked a, uh, a, a something in me that will probably never go away. And it's my uh, undying love of Samara Weaving. <laughs> She's the best. Gotta love her. And uh, so, yeah, so that was 2019. So that'll be uh, somewhere towards the uh, middle of December, most likely. So if Taylor, if you are available, we would love to have you come on. And I will gladly talk about that movie. <laughs> of course, you can count me in now. Wonderful. All right. So we will pencil in Taylor for 2019. We will see her back again in about a month and a half, maybe. But uh, thanks for coming on tonight. It's been great. Of course. Thank you guys for having me again. I have so much fun with this. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. Absolutely. And uh, so that said, uh, as always, we'll see you guys next week when I believe we'll be talking about the, uh, the year 2012, I think is what we're going to start off with. So uh, we're going to discover, we're going to guess to be determined, movie to be determined, but if you watch every movie from the year 2012, you will, uh, you'll more than likely see what we're talking about, but can't give you any hints. Cause I don't know what's going to be yet, but uh, until that time, I have been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McLegan. and we'll see you guys next time. So long. <laughs>